0: dieting and fad diets and diets that people have been on and off it's so interesting to me how many people say i didn't know there was another way right like this is the way i thought i'm supposed to relate to food this is the way i thought i'm supposed to eat and then in that light bulb moment for a lot of people it's just like oh there's a whole other like thing out there that can make me feel a lot better
1: Welcome to The Daily Dietitian Podcast. I am your host, Stacey Mitchell. I am so happy to have you here. My goal for this podcast is to break down the latest health topics and help clear the clutter in the messy world of nutrition and fitness. We hope to inspire, educate, and entertain all things wellness. Join us as we talk with experts in their fields on how to feel our best in our own body and mind. Hey there, thank you for joining us this week. Have you ever said to yourself, I need to weigh this number or why can't I get back to that jean size I was in my 20s? The standards we set for ourselves on being a certain size or look a certain way has been setting us up for harmful eating disorders or disordered eating habits that many people, male or female, struggle with. And it is sad to see the statistics for eating disorders and disordered eating habits are higher than certain health diseases. Our guest today, registered dietitian nutritionist, Christy Maloney, is an expert in treating eating disorders and those with disordered eating habits. She has a degree in psychology and later extended her knowledge by getting a second degree in dietetics. The background of psychology and nutrition is a perfect match for helping her clients. From working in the hospital to private practice with treating eating disorders, this experience led her to a new career path to opening her own practice. Christy is also a certified eating disordered specialist and is an expert leading the way in this area. Join us for this conversation. Well, Christy, it is so great to have you here with us. Will you introduce yourself and tell everyone who you are and what you do?
0: Yes, um, thank you so much for having me. I am Christy Maloney. I am a registered dietitian and certified, certified eating disorder specialist, um, located in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, I have a private practice called Enhanced Nutrition Associates, where it's myself and a team of dietitians, and we see all kinds of things: people with eating disorders, disordered eating, people needing medical nutrition therapy, and then also, you know, kind of sprinkled in that is the body image piece of things. Um, so that's kind of the short of it.
1: Helping a lot of people and breaking down certain myths and also making those mindset shifts with many diets that we used to <laughs> take part in, you know, in yeah. our early years, we'll say.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, I definitely grew up with, you know, I mean, in the time, right, like at the 80s and then the, the 90s of where bad diets really came on the scene. So, I, you know, I've seen that played out in my own life. And then, um, it's i don't know fun yeah to help people kind of shift away from that mindset i really enjoy that rewarding that's my word yeah
1: yeah and almost to see <laughs> their brain filter through and and get that light bulb moment of like oh yeah that's that's a good way to look at it or maybe i could do that that is a, altering those of the ways of what we used to think
0: yeah absolutely and and you know what's interesting is when we're talking about dieting and fad diets and diets that people have been on and off, it's so interesting to me how many people say, I didn't know there was another way, right? Like this is the way I thought I'm supposed to relate to food. This is the way I thought I'm supposed to eat. And then in that light bulb moment for a lot of people, it's just like, oh, there's a whole other like thing out there that can make me feel a lot better. Right.
1: <clears throat> now, when you were going to school at for dietetics, was this something that was, you know, a focus for you?
0: Uh, yes and no. Right. So I have a degree in psychology, so I was always like really drawn to just, you know, the psychological side of things. Um, you know, and, and I think that that kind of plays into how much I enjoy people changing their thoughts and their relationship with food. When I went, when I went back to school to be a dietitian, um, you know, it was in my mid-20s. I was like, oh, I'm going to, like, help some people lose weight. Mm-hmm. That will be great. But, you know, I found myself, and, you know, short answer here is we didn't learn anything about eating disorders or intuitive eating or, you know, any of that when I was in school. So this was all something that kind of, like, came after the fact. Um, but, you know, when I was in school and kind of learning about things, even as it related to weight loss because of the time, again, that's what I wanted to do, there's still this huge psychological component. Um, And I found myself really drawn to that aspect of things. Uh, So then when I got done with school, you know, I worked as a clinical dietitian for a couple of years. And then I started working at an eating disorders treatment facility. And I said, oh, this this feels way more congruent. This, you know, healing your relationship with food um, feels much more congruent with what, who I am as a person, but I also get to apply that really awesome part of like the psychology of eating. And it was just like a really great marrying of the two.
1: Oh, I love that mix of having the psychology education in there too, because that is crucial in there. Um, What's a common message that you kind of have to keep repeating for your audience? Uh,
0: A big one is food neutrality. You know, you know, with kind of the diet culture that we're immersed in, uh, we hear a lot of good good and bad food talk, right? Like, I'm good if I eat this, I'm bad if I eat that. This is good, this is bad. Um, you know, I, the problem with that as it relates to relationship with food is then that kind of comes, people take that on as morality, right? Like, I'm good if I eat this thing, but I'm bad if I eat that thing. And it's really problematic in someone's relationship with food. Um, and it can be the real impetus of triggering very disordered eating up to eating disorders. So the message, you know, that I try to give to my clients and then on, you know, my Instagram, it is food is neutral. You know, at the end of the day, food is protein, fat, carb, um, and alcohol It's its own little subcategory. But for the most part, protein, fat, and carb, and yeah, we have different micronutrient panels and things like that in different foods. But ultimately, your body knows what to do with those things. And if we're getting a wide variety of foods, you're going to hit everything. Um, and your body doesn't, you know, if, if you eat something different than just a salad, your body doesn't know that that's bad, right? Like it still takes it and it breaks it down and it takes nutrients and it's protein, fat and carb and your body knows what to do with it, Um So that's a little bit of an oversimplified version. You know, with clients, I tend to get down into a little bit more of the nitty gritty of like what, you know, what micronutrient profiles are in different foods. But from the sake of understanding and recognizing like how there can be a balance and everything, excuse me, doesn't have to be like the utmost, you know, and I'm using quotation marks here, health, you know. Um, So that's a huge one. Um, The other things that I really kind of focus on our uh, weight neutrality um, and really kind of saying that your body is going to settle at a set point weight. And if you've gone through measures to decrease that in the past, most of us have done that, right? But like ultimately what is your long-term manageable, sustainable, maintainable weight? Um, And if you have to engage in heavily disordered behaviors or constantly be on a diet, like maybe that's not the weight for you and kind of working through the body image piece of that because where our bodies want to be sometimes is not consistent with where we want our bodies to be. So we have to kind of bridge that gap.
1: Yes, and we've talked about it here on the podcast before, but the set point theory is just that range where your body is kind of happy, where you keep on moving back to maintain life. (laughs) And no matter how many restriction or addition you put into it, it just seems like at this range of a weight your body feels good.
0: Yeah, and you know, and the theory suggests that in our hypothalamus, which is the part of our bodies that control involuntary functions, there's there's that range, right? Like I don't, I don't know, a, a few pounds, a significant range, you know, where it can be. And sometimes you're higher, the higher end, and sometimes you're at the lower end. But your body kind of naturally makes its way back there. So I am a huge, you know, proponent of that, and that is you know, a huge part of the body image work that I do with my clients.
1: Right. Um, and there's a lot of science behind that set point theory too. <laughs> I love yes, hearing yes, about it. Exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. There, yeah, there really is. I think I was first introduced to you on my For You page, and I saw a post that you shared, and it says, as an RD in a larger body – dot 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 and mm-hmm. that totally caught my attention because <laughs> i feel it all the time sometimes i feel the pressure of of looking a certain way or or out in public or on social media and that needs to all change
0: <laughs> right right it's that sort of you know my body is not my business card kind of thing oh, right. um you know whatever it is that people think that a dietitian should look like um for the most part, I don't look like that, you know, and, and it was actually one of the posts that I had written because I keep a running like Instagram idealist of like all the reasons that conventionally I shouldn't be a dietitian. <laughs> and one of them is being in a larger body, you know, um, and I do, I, I agree that it's something that we need to change. And, you know, people are in all kinds of bodies based on genetics, based on <laughs> medications, based on Movement, like uh, there are all kinds of different reasons people might be in a larger body, and um, it, I find it really interesting that RDs are often pigeonholed too. If you don't look a certain way, then your credibility is diminished. Um, it it frustrates me, but <laughs> we're working on it.
1: We're working on it, and I loved how you pointed in your caption here. Uh, My lived experience helped me be helps me be an even better dietitian than I ever thought I could be. Great message.
0: Yes. Thank you. Yeah. And I wholeheartedly believe that, you know, I think that um, I think I get it. I get it from the perspective of having had a restrictive type eating disorder and having been in an underweight body and now being in a larger body, you know, I've kind of seen the range of things. Um, I think that it's valuable because I can help people who are very fearful of weight gain and recovery kind of say, like, you might gain weight and you might feel okay about it. Right. Like you can't predict how you'll feel and you might be just fine, you know? And I think that that is a really powerful message. Um, but yeah. And that's something I talk about with clients, you know, I mean, sometimes do I still, even at this point in my career, do I worry about somebody walking into my office and judging me? Absolutely. I don't know that that'll ever go away because I know like the conventional cultural thin ideal that we have and kind of to your point, this, this, this idea that we have about what dietitians should look like. But for the most part, even if there is that, you know, initial judgment, like there's so much more great work to be done and it ultimately becomes not an issue.
1: Right. And who defines a larger body, a smaller body, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I always, I always think, do you talk to your friends the way you talk to yourself? Like you have no idea Mm -hmm. what your best friend weighs you don't care what your best right. friend weighs. So why don't you sh- show the compassion that you have for your best friend, as you do for yourself? <laughs> exactly, exactly. I agree 100%. So what are some of the first <laughs> steps that you would take with with getting to the level of, I don't know if it's body positivity, but going in that direction where it's, it's gratitude, maybe for your body?
0: Yeah. So, you know, when I talk with clients about, you know, just body image, I always kind of explain it, uh, you know, in terms of like a spectrum. So at one end we have body negativity. So that of course is all the negative things we say to ourselves. I don't look away. I feel like I should look, my body's not okay. Um, In the middle is body neutrality. And then on the other end is body positivity. I, I tell everybody for the most part, we're just shooting for neutrality right? Like if you can wake up and think, I accept myself, I don't have to love every part of myself, but this is my body and it does things for me that I need it to. And some days I'm going to veer more toward negativity. And some days I'm going to veer more toward positivity. If I can keep it at least neutral and maybe a little more positive than negative, that's a really realistic place to be because even for people without, you know, what we would describe as, you know, very disordered eating, eating disorders, and not having super pervasive body image issues, nobody wakes up feeling every day like they're just a million bucks, you know? So my job and my goal is to kind of right-size that expectation with clients and help them know what what reality is going to be around that and how to, like, feel okay with it.
1: That is a wonderful message, and it's, it's a progress. It's an everyday, um like, your to-do list of kind of thinking – in those thoughts of where you're at. It's not just a one and done type of thing. Flip the switch, uh, pass the test, you're good to go. It's it's daily work on this. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when we talk
0: about, you know, um, neuroplasticity and we're talking about rewiring your brain, the thing that changes those thoughts, right, is repetition. So to your point, you know, day one of trying to be at least body neutral you're probably going to feel like you failed. And that is because your your brain is so used to thinking this one way. But the more you can give yourself that message over time, the more those are going to become your automatic thoughts versus the negative thoughts. And, you know, I kind of describe it to clients as if you're driving down the road, right, and you're, the road is your neural pathways that say, my body sucks. I hate it. I can't feel comfortable in it. And you kind of veer to the right and you go off-roading a little bit toward body neutral, it's going to feel bumpy and it's going to feel a little scary. And it's going to feel like I should just like go back to the main road because that's safe and well-worn. But then you keep going. And and just with that recognition, you know, I use that image a lot um, to kind of say, well, you're going off-roading now, right? And we're going to be okay.
1: That's a wonderful example of that, of feeling, <laughs> okay, just keep going one step at a time. You got yeah. this. It might feel a little weird, but trust the process.
0: Yeah, and it it, it will feel weird, and that's okay. It's supposed to. Yes.
1: Um, within your Instagram, uh, every single post is, like, hits on something. And so what are some <laughs> of your popular posts or reels that have really resonated with your audience?
0: Okay. I'll say this. I know Instagram's algorithm is trying to force me into Reels. I know. One day I will. I don't want to. <laughs> so I am like just kind of tried and true carousel post person. Um, I find that it's effective in getting my message across. You know, and the, the recommendation is always like, do, you know, how do you consume social media and do that? I like just basic written posts. I don't like watching Reels all the time. So I'll say, like, that. that's kind of my structure of how I do things. Um, I think your question was, <laughs> remind me your question, my ADHD brain is like, ooh, over here.
1: Popular <laughs> posts that have resonated with your audience. Mm-hmm. And you, I would never stop your posts because you're getting a ton of likes from just your carousel posts. So keep on doing what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thanks. Big ones are on body image. So, you know, the conversation that we've just been having today, a lot of times when I post things about body image in terms of, you know, working toward body neutrality and that kind of thing, that really resonates with people because I think that even if somebody doesn't struggle with very intense disordered eating and eating disorders, I think that body image is kind of a blanket thing that most people can relate to. Um, I did talk about Ozempic and kind of, you know, that new medication, that people are using for weight loss when it's actually a diabetes medication and just kind of the mechanism mechanism of action there. That was, I think kind of well received. Other things that have been really well liked are, I I will do a series called fad diet takedowns. So as, as new things come up, you know, new fad diets come up, we talk about what it is, what it's supposed to do, you know, pros if there are any, cons if there are any, and just my kind of like clinical take on it. Um, I will say one of the ones that was the most controversial was after Taylor Swift's um, music video where she had a scale and it said fat on it. Um, that was really controversial. And the reason I think it was for me is I think most people would assume that myself as an eating disorder dietitian would say that's wrong. She shouldn't have done that. But I don't feel that way. I think that a lot of my clients come in and say they feel that exact way. And I feel like it's really helpful for someone like Taylor Swift to say, you know what? I feel that way sometimes too. Um, But that was controversial. (laughs) So people did not like that. That was my take, but that's okay.
1: (laughs) Did they take that out by the way, when the scale said they did? Okay. Unfortunately. and, And in
0: my opinion, unfortunately, like she. Changed whatever the scale said from fat to like some other thing. I don't know. Um, I felt like it was like an artistic statement that she did that, especially knowing that almost all of my clients have thought that.
1: Right. Validation there. Um,
0: mm-hmm. To really, yeah, to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But not everybody doesn't have to agree with me and that's okay. That's the beauty of it.
1: Right. <laughs> I love this one. You said, um, I'll say stuff that makes RDs cringe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I get a little bit wary on there.
1: <laughs> that one is so good. Um, I'll I'll go through it here real quick. Cha- trainers giving out meal plans, your MLM, and telling you to buy products for weight loss. Oh, how many times do we get those DMs or uh, messages oh. saying all the time? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Need to try this uh, quick fix. Um, and also your doctor prescribing different things for weight loss. Have you had people come to you and be like, well, my doctor said that I need to lose weight based on my BMI. What would you say to that? Um, well, yeah, the short answer to that is I've absolutely had that happen. I've had people
0: have an ear infection and their doctor them to lose weight. You know, it's all kinds of things. Um, <clears throat> my biggest message on that is just, you know, doctors are trained to look at BMI is one of the bigger health metrics and that's okay. That's training. Um, I would say we want to look at like actual other health metrics, right? Like, are you eating consistently and adequately? Are you getting produce? Are you drinking water? Are you getting movement? Are you able to go outside sometimes? How are you sleeping? Um, how's your mental health? Like those are all the things that are like the true health factors. Um, independent of weight so i would kind of help them one you know we do in in our practice a lot of processing over you know weight weight loss statements that are made to clients like that um but then say like okay so if that's the message why did your doctor tell you to lose that was it lose weight was it for like an actual health reason like were they trying to be helpful in like managing a disease state by saying to lose weight um or was it just for no good reason other than your BMI is like not where they think it should be. Um, so we'll process that or, and, or we'll talk through like, what do we need to do to actually focus on health? You know, um, because that's the thing that ultimately matters weight, not being the key indicator metric of that. Yes.
1: Um, I still have not done it, but I would like to just be like, no, I don't want to get weighed, (laughs) you know, when you go to your doctor's appointment and, um, Mm -hmm. Because you don't have to.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's um, you don't have to. Um, you know, my recommendation is for clients to um, refuse say, like, I, I do not want to be weighed today unless there is a medical reason to take my weight. Is there a medication dosing that we need to look at that's based on weight? Are you worried about whatever thing, right? Like there needs to be like an actual valid reason for it. Um, One of the, I'm um, on the board of a nonprofit, Carolina Resource Center for Eating Disorders, and we do um, a lot of education with providers kind of on this very thing. And on Friday, we were talking with a group of doctors and it was so interesting, you know, their perspective because i'd never actually really considered it and they're like well yeah we asked for that because like what about medication and what about if a medication's making someone gain weight or what if they have cancer and they're losing a lot of weight um and I'm like you know what Yeah. those are actually like valid concerns so then it becomes like how do we have that conversation between clients and doctors over if a client has a concern, but the doctor has a legitimate medical, medical concern, how do we have like appropriate conversations around that? Um, so it's really fun. I don't know. A little bit of a side note um, to do those, those sorts of things. they so like, oh, even for doctors, like, oh, there's like a different way to approach this. Um, and it's those conversations that I feel like are going to be the most beneficial going forward for everybody. Um, yeah, that, that um, presentation we did was on Friday, so it's like fresh okay. on my brain. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. I saw you were also on TV with a segment, Kids Healthy Relationship with Food. How did that go?
0: It went well. That was for a local um, uh, CBS Charlotte affiliate. Just kind of telling parents about, you know, some basic do's and don'ts, right? Like, don't say foods are good or bad. You know, allow for a variety of foods don't talk about your body negatively or your need to lose weight in front of your kids um, just to kind of help set them up for, you know, their body's okay as it is and all foods fit. And um, just how to have those conversations to, to not pass on diet culture and thin ideal to your kids. Because I, don't, I I'm, you know, I'm an elder millennial and my true hope is that this kind of stops with all of us, right. you know?
1: Right. I, I, may not do it perfectly through the years of parenting my kids but i do want that to stop and try to be a good role model of eating all foods and having them um not have what i what i dealt with as a kid i mean it was as early as first grade for me of thinking oh my gosh i'm fat you know i need to change this i'm not like this person and it just carried on and on and on so if if we can uh intersect that message for the younger generation would be amazing.
0: I agree. And I mean, all of that, I don't know if you saw, I mean, it was a whole thing about the American Academy of Pediatrics and like weight loss recommendations and all of that. Um, (laughs) It was like, you know, one step forward and two steps back, right? Like um, I had so many thoughts on that and just how, you know, counter that is to kind of the message that I think a lot of dietitians, especially ones working with kids, want for our clients um, and just how harmful that is and how it kind of smacks of, you know, like when when we were growing up, or I'm assuming you're kind of my age, um, but, you know, everything we saw that informed our relationship with food and body and how awful that has made our relationship with food and body. And it's like, here we go again, perpetuating this onto like the next generation. And it infuriates me, honestly.
1: Right. Let's shine a brighter light on healthy habits, uh, positive mindset towards food and how we move our body and enjoying all foods and not demonizing it. It's just never ending.
0: Never ending. Yeah. And especially as we think about kids, you know, going off of those recommendations. So for anybody who's unfamiliar, it's recommended for certain BMI 13 or older to have gastric bypass surgery certain BMI's 12 and younger to have, to use weight loss drugs like fentamine. Um, which if somebody is a legal adult and they want to have gastric bypass and they want to use phentermine, go for it. Like, that's cool. Body autonomy is great. I just think that it's so mentally and physically harmful. And then it's, you know, kind of with a disregard for do they have enough money to have access to food? Or do they have enough money to have access to produce? Are there safe places to go outside and play? Um, You know, there are so many factors that determine the health. And I feel like that's just kind of boiled down to weight when it's missing the mark on a lot of things. Yes.
1: Many other influential factors regarding that.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, Christy, tell everyone where they can find and connect with you.
0: Yeah. So, um, I am an Instagram only person. I can't go down the TikTok rabbit hole cause I'll be there all day long. <laughs> so on Instagram, um, my page is at eating disorder dot dietitian. Um, and then my group practice page is at enhanced nutrition underscore dietitian. Um, so my page is more of like my personal take on things. And then the, uh, company page is more helpful tidbits and facts and, things related to nutrition.
1: Right. And do you work with people virtually or in person?
0: Yeah. So I, we do a hybrid for the most part in Charlotte. We do see people in person. Um, Then all of us do virtual. There's myself and two other dietitians in Charlotte. There's one dietitian in the Raleigh-Durham area, also in North Carolina, and then we have dietitians also in Bozeman, Montana and Birmingham, Alabama, which is very random. But um and so we all do virtual and we're licensed across a, a wide number of states. So
1: wonderful. And I also see you have an ED one oh one for dietitians. Um is mm-hmm. that for any for those dietitians listening? Is that a course?
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, um, that is a course. So it breaks down each of the five diagnosable eating disorders. Well, it kind of starts with the overview, of course. We talk about what is intuitive eating versus disordered eating versus what is an eating disorder and how to kind of differentiate between those two. Um, then we break down the five diagnosable eating disorders in terms of what the diagnostic criteria are. Caveated by dietitians can't diagnose, but we want to know what we're looking for, and um, what, you know, we're, we're looking for, how to help, um, you know, different modalities of treatment from kind of a basic level. And then talking about different levels of care and knowing for people struggling with eating disorders, when, where to refer, um, just to kind of get more support as needed. And then a sprinkling of body image kind of throughout.
1: <laughs> that sounds wonderful in getting to the nitty gritty and understanding it all because there is a lot that goes into each one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the goal of that was to make it kind of manageable. It's an hour. So you kind of get an overview of things. And I feel like, you know, if if somebody's really trying to dive into treating eating disorders, probably not the right one because it's it's a little bit too kind of base level. But I feel like that course is good for dietitians um, that are kind of like, well, I kind of want to know more about it and know, like, if my clients have an eating disorder, what I'm looking for so I can get them to like the right place.
1: That is awesome. Any last takeaway for the listener? I I will leave them with a journal prompt. Awesome. (laughs) So I would say a big takeaway might
0: be sitting down to journal. um, If you struggle with numbers, meaning I should eat X calories or I should weigh X weight or I should wear X size clothing, um, sit down and journal about where those numbers came from. Um, That was actually one of my recent posts, but I I think that's super helpful if somebody says I should weigh X weight. So why is that the number, right? Like, why is that what we're shooting for? And if that's the number, what am I having to do that doesn't feel so great to achieve and maintain that number? And I think that gives a lot of insight in terms of, you know, like this nebulous ball of food weight body image that we might have in our heads. And it kind of helps, like, parse out just a little bit more um, to see where those thoughts even came from.
1: I love that so much. Uh, Christy, thank you so much for sharing all your expertise here and information. And just keep us moving forward in those deleting diet culture ways. Yes, that is the goal. (laughs) We'll keep going, right? Right? Keep at it. Mm -hmm. Thank you for joining us on this episode. I hope it has inspired and educated you to take on the mindset of body neutrality and focus on adding those self-care habits to your daily routine. If you or someone you know is needing specialized help in eating disorders or disordered eating, be sure to go and follow Christy and connect with her team of specialists. I want to thank you so much for joining us this week on the Daily Dietitian Podcast.